Hello, everybody. I am happy today because I got to talk with my friend here. I had her on the podcast. You guys, we were talking right before hitting record and I actually had her on. It was episode 142 and this came out almost a year ago and we're recording this today. You guys, it's October 18th. The episode that I first recorded with her came out on October 24th of last year. And this one, when you're listening to it right now, will be out on November 13th. And I'm so excited that she reached out to me. We were, we got, cause I know, as you know, this year has been a pretty busy year for me with a lot of changes. So I kind of fell off with my routine, with the podcast, with staying connected with everyone as much in this community, just from going through all the changes with the wedding, honeymoon, new career, different things like that. Um, so I was so excited when she, we, we got reconnected and I was like, I would love to, I'm not sure exactly how it happened where I was like, I'd love to have like another conversation or whoever kind of helped with initiating that. But I'm so excited to talk to you guys about who this person is that we have with us today. So her name is Jean. And last time we talked about her and there's a lot of changes here that we're going to be getting into the podcast, which I'm so thankful that she is wanting to come on and talk about these topics that we're going to be touching on, which are related to relapse, depression, and really the biggest help of that in this moment that she's going through right now and has been earlier, which is support. So right now at this point in, in jeans, so she's on here with us and she's really taking the time, some taking some time off before going back to school, doing a lot of volunteer work in the moment and really trying to find interest in a new career choice. So I'm not going to say too much on that because I want her to tell us what that is looking like. And if you go back and listen to episode 142, you guys can see her first initial contact with us. And she talked about reprogramming our negative thoughts. So Jean, thank you so much for making the time to come back out on the podcast and have these important conversations with me always. Thank you for that introduction. (laughs) Ah. I'm so glad I'm here. Thank you, Paris. Um, Well, so the last time I was on here, yes, we were talking about uh, reprogramming negative thoughts. And actually, it's relatable to now because I'm kind of coming out of a depressive episode. Um, Yes, we are in October right now. Um, Probably was depressed starting like March, April this year. And it happened because I actually got a physical injury in January. It was an ankle injury that actually required surgery, but I didn't end up getting surgery because I was overseas. Mm -hmm. I was traveling in Spain, which was a cool story. Um, But after the injury, you become immobile. Like I wasn't able to walk for two months. Um, It just lasted quite a while. And it just not working and not being able to actually leave the house often and also not being able to drive because it was my actual driving foot. It definitely just, I started having my symptoms of depression and, you know, it just, it went really low and um, it was, it like almost took me back to a decade ago when I first got diagnosed with bipolar disorder And it was just like this, it was just this scary experience all over again. Um, And 
I was, I definitely was hard on myself because I could still say things like if it was somebody who didn't have bipolar disorder, they would have just gotten physically injured and maybe been okay. But then I can't predict or compare myself. Like that's also something I'm trying not to do. But um, yeah, it was um, just a really difficult time. And then I was in Los Angeles and my sister and my mom live in San Jose and my sister lives here on her own. And she was like, Jean, um, your ankle is hurt. And she also knows about my bipolar diagnosis. She was like, it seems like you're struggling mentally as well. Just come to San Jose. Don't worry about anything Mm -hmm. Um, like rent, like car payments. So I actually gave my car back. I just let everything go. And then I came up here and I'm in San Jose now. So I'm in Northern California and it's a big change. Um, It. I think I'm I'm able to talk about it now a little better, maybe because I've been talking to therapists because um, I had to move here and find a new therapist and all. But it is also like disheartening and scary because sometimes this disorder does cause like gigantic mood swings where, yes, it's paired with another like injury, but it caused me to not be able to take care of myself you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah so wow mm-hmm. yes you guys if you don't know this about me I always am taking notes during all of these conversations just to really be able to capture all these points and especially with you talking about this coming on in March and April and really talking about I had this injury and you talk about the physical injury and how that relates to mental illness with bipolar and I think that's such an interesting mm-hmm. thing you talked about because you said would someone who doesn't have bipolar have handled this differently than I did because Mm -hmm. especially going through that and saying, Hey, I needed to have this surgery. I didn't have the surgery because I was overseas in Spain. And then having your sister say, I know that you had this injury with your ankle. I can tell that you're seeming off and different. So Mm -hmm. come over here. Don't worry about that. Cause I feel like having a person like that, like, I'd love to hear from you. Cause that really ties in with a big Mm -hmm. focus that you wanted to cover too, which is support, especially when you're talking about having a relapse of depression and and feeling like, you know, I finally am feeling in a good place. And that's the hardest part too. I know for me, especially when I was hit with that experience of depression this year, actually in April and feeling like, wow, like I've done all this work. I should feel better at this point. And why is it hitting me so hard when your sister reached out and extended that to you of, Hey, come here and don't worry about the rent, the car payments, your situation with the changes in career. Did you think that that was going to happen or how did that make you feel? Yeah. And also if I get, I might get emotional and you might see me cry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, but, um, what is it? Um, it felt, it was like, oh man, it was like, you know, when you do a trust fall and you fall back and someone catches you Mm -hmm. and, and, um, so I, I kind of don't have that with my parents because my parents are separated. They live on their own and they don't have like a space for me to go to. So my sister actually, she was in a one bedroom, but she actually took me in and then we ended up moving to a two bedroom. So mm-hmm. we did all that. I mean, basically she basically did all that and was okay to do all that for me um, because of my situation. But it just felt like, 
oh wow like family is like a big deal <laughs> mm-hmm. even if like she and I have our had our differences in the past and actually we had differences in the past so that's why it was also like really amazing that she did that mm-hmm. and I just felt like being here I feel like safe to take my time to heal and um yeah you know yeah oh my gosh I think especially when you say feeling safe to take your time to heal because I feel like sometimes we can feel so rushed on I need to heal at a faster rate I need to do this because I have these other obligations I have these other things that are part of my life part of my routine that I need to be able to show up for but when you're not even feeling like I can show up for myself and really do those fundamental pieces of just taking care of me And just feeling so overwhelmed, so overcrowded with all these different things. But then also, like you said, what a big role family plays, especially when you have those, even those struggles with certain family members. I know for me, you know, especially when you mentioned that trust fall and falling Mm -hmm. back and not really feeling that with your parents because they're separated, not having space to go to, but having her really say, Hey, look, I'm, this is my situation now have this one bedroom. Now we are coming in together, having a two bedroom and just being able to let you have that time because I feel like that's exactly how I felt at that point this year. And then having those people around you really make a difference of them seeing the signs in you almost before you see it yourself. Cause I feel like no matter how much work that you put into yourself, and I know you talked about this in the last episode, which is reprogramming those negative thoughts. It can be hard to do that ourselves sometimes, right. To take our own advice and and sometimes Mm -hmm. do these things. So having those other people who are noticing that in you and, and talk to me too, about the, mm. the other change you talk about. Cause you mentioned being in the DJ scene, the nightlife, oh, yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah. So what was that like to be in the process mm. of transitioning out of that? Yeah. So when I was in LA, I just kind of, I think the last time we spoke, I shared that I kind of like moved away from the nightlife just because I wanted to sleep early. And I haven't also Paris, I haven't drank alcohol for three years. Wow. Three years. Yep. Yep. Because we were just talking about this before recording. But yeah, three years, three years. I know. Honestly, it's kind of, it's kind of wild. But yes, so I left kind of the nighttime scene. But when I was in LA, I was DJing on and off and then making jewelry, kind of like that artsy side of me. But come up here, I actually found new interest. So um, I'm trying to heal right now. And I'm, I have also been feeling rushed to heal because it's weird. I feel like society makes you feel like you can't just chill. Like mm-hmm. the other day, my friend was like, Jean, like I'm watching TV, but I'm also on my phone. It's like, she was like, you know what I mean? I was like, what is it about us that we can't just like relax sometimes? And I kind of felt that like, yes, I was like here in this safe place, like I said earlier, but I also did feel this like pressure, but I think it was literally just pressure I was putting on myself. But, um, um, wow. So when you were talking about that transition, right. change. Yeah. Yes. So going from, yes. cause you talked about with when in LA, I, I wanted to step away from that to be able to get my sleep back on, on pace yes. and again, three years of sobriety yeah. with no alcohol. That is mm-hmm. huge. And <laughs> yeah. we were literally just talking to you guys before hitting yeah. record. I told Gina, that's actually something I'm working through right now. Myself is cutting back significantly 
and alcohol. So being able to interview and just have these conversations with people who, who are doing this work and have been in it. And just, Mm -hmm. especially what you're saying, I stepped away from that and I prioritized a little bit DJing here on and off and Mm -hmm. making jewelry. I literally relate so much when you said your friend was I'm watching TV, but I'm also, (laughs) I feel like that's me. I'm always on my phone. Okay. On Instagram, checking emails, then there's a show and you really can't Mm -hmm. be present and just let yourself Mm -hmm. do nothing. I feel like there's Mm -hmm. always, there's always this endless to-do list. And then once it's Mm -hmm. done, okay, I need to do more and not just Mm -hmm. be able to give yourself that time. And especially when you say you were feeling the pressure, but then realizing you were the one putting that pressure. So talk to me about that whole concept that you mentioned. What is that new interest that you discovered? Yes. So, um, since I've moved here in July, I have not worked. Um, I have not like done school or anything that's schools coming up in like January possibly, but I have been, I called it volunteering, but I, it's this, so my, this is how it goes. My mother volunteers every Tuesday, her time, and she cuts hair for uh, adults with developmental disabilities. Mm -hmm. So it's every Tuesday, it's a Christian nonprofit called Mida. And um, so what happens is we all meet and we all kind of hang out, chat. And during that time, my mom cuts hair for people who want to get their hair cut. And then um, food is donated, like people cook and uh, serve dinner. And then they have a church service. So it's every Tuesday. So I would tag along. And in a way, it it is volunteering my time. But I also felt just like very, like comfortable and I became like peers with some of the people who have these developmental disabilities. And that actually sparked an interest. And a long time ago, I worked with kids, children, but not quite with like disabilities. But because of that, I was just on my laptop, like during the time I've been here in San Jose, like just looking for jobs because there is no pressure, you know, because my sister is taking care of me. But I was kind of like putting my feelers out there. And I actually got hired a week ago actually at a it's called the Morgan Autism Center and I actually start coming Monday so it's like in a few days (laughs) yeah so that's actually just news that I just found out so yeah and I went for the interview and they had me actually sit in the class with a student one-on-one and I really enjoyed that interview and like I literally when I was there I was like if I could work here it would be pretty awesome but I was like they're not gonna hire me I just I just like went to a bunch of interviews just because but they did and so I'm really excited and I think um yeah this is like this actually motivates me to maybe possibly go to school to learn more to Mm -hmm. be maybe more accredited for this field but for now I got this job and I'm really excited Oh, I'm so happy mm-hmm. for you. I know we yeah. were talking because you didn't tell me what it was yet. So you guys, yeah. this is my first time hearing this as well. I remember we were talking. That's how I felt like I've gone through just my entire situation where I talk about job loss, being fired mm-hmm. from jobs, quitting jobs, and then just feeling like, when is it ever going to end? When am I ever actually going to mm-hmm. find something that I feel like I belong mm-hmm. there? And I feel like mm-hmm. literally hearing you describe being in the interview mm-hmm. and being one-on-one with the student and just being in that environment and saying, wow, if I were to work here, I, I would 
be happy and feel at peace and just feeling that. Cause I know for me, that was something I just, I never found before. And I just, I always felt like it was something I never could have. Cause I feel like sometimes when you put, and I don't know if it's a bipolar thing, but I feel like when you put such a high expectation of, I need to be so good at this and, and get this position that you almost really set yourself up for getting hurt when you don't. So yeah, yeah you start Monday and, oh, oh my god, I do. I'm a little nervous. I mean, honestly, cause Paris, like, I mean, t- today, I, today in the daytime, like I felt some kind of like sadness and depression and like, even just recently. So like my, my brain, my, the negative thoughts will be like, oh, you're gonna start work and then like have a crash or something, you know, like think like worst thing possible, but I know I'm not going to think that way Mm -hmm. (laughs) and everything will be okay. It's like, you have to like tell yourself. So yeah, I'm excited slash nervous. Um, but yeah. Okay. When you say those thoughts come up, cause that's exactly how I felt when, cause Mm -hmm. I know for me, I started, I started a new job actually in July and I had a lot of those thoughts of, okay, well, what if you're not good at this? Or what if you're Mm -hmm. a fraud, right? Do you Mm -hmm. even belong here? Are you even Mm -hmm. qualified? And I feel like hearing you say possibly going back to school in January, figuring Mm -hmm. out really the direction that you want to go in with getting more accredited for this. And then I feel like just giving yourself that reminder of you are here for a reason. You were brought on because someone saw something in you that Mm -hmm. you might not fully believe yourself yet, but they see that in you. They see that ability to connect with who you're working with, who you're serving in a way that you might be sitting there on some days and thinking, I don't, I don't have what it takes. I'm not going to be able to make an impact or a difference. So I feel like that's something I always remind myself of because I feel like I have it almost daily still. Those thoughts mm-hmm. that come up of what am I doing? Do I even know what I'm saying? Do I even know how to speak about different things? Am I even going to be mm-hmm. good at what I'm trying to do? Or do I yeah. even belong here? Or just those thoughts of fear of stability, right? For me, it's scary. I think it's a very bipolar thing of having those doubts and then comparing yourself to either your old self or where you see your future self. And I feel like we do it to ourselves all of the time. So if you can give me one one thing, because I know we talked about this a little bit in the last episode around those negative thoughts. So have you come across anything, whether it's something you tell yourself or something you've seen from a friend or your sister or anyone where it's helped you see it differently you know what yes and actually this is something I haven't updated you on but having a partner Mm. who is raw with you like in in his um just calling out my negative thoughts and being like um would he would just be like well, explain why, why are you, why do you think that? And is this so, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, and I think I'm incredibly sensitive and I could get very offended. So the fact that I have a partner that I trust and, um, and I know is kind, compassionate and very smart. It's like, I have that safe space that he can try to kind of tackle my negative thoughts (laughs) Mm. and yeah it it has been it has been nice and a breath of fresh air um yeah oh my Mm. gosh especially when you said 
that tackling those negative thoughts when you say he calls you out or explain this. Cause that's what I feel like for me, I noticed just with my husband, I'll get in this mindset where almost spiral down. It's one thought. And then it ends up being a trickling thing that I end up creating the story around it. Or I guess an example could be a work example of, oh, this person I'm working with doesn't like me. Well, why, why do you think they don't like you? Uh, cause they don't answer my, my messages or emails or when they do, they word it a certain way that I feel like they're upset. And yeah. he's like, well, you are telling yourself that and you are making that reality when really you don't even know, right? Actually, someone I had on the podcast before, she did a really good example. She said, it's basically like putting your thoughts on trial and <gasps> and having a jury and asking those questions. So here, here's what I think is the fact that I'm not good enough to be in this job. And here's the questions. And is there evidence? It's basically line up the evidence to support that. Is there actual evidence to support that? Or is it you think this or you feel this? So that was a really good point. So I think for you too, especially with talking about this, because one of our biggest focus here is on support, but then especially for those moments, you guys, right? Where we're feeling in a good space. I'm feeling like I haven't ex- had a, so many experiences with feeling manic or hypomanic or at, as depressed as I was, whether it was earlier this year, or whatever time. But then also when we have those moments where it's going to come up again, you know, no matter what it is, you're going to have moments in the future where you're going to have those experiences. So just giving ourselves that grace, like what Jean was talking about with taking that pressure off yourself with and then wh- whoever that person is for you, right? Like her sister here, come live over here, leave this part of your life and really discovering a new interest and in something that you didn't think that would align to. So mm-hmm. I'd love to ask you too, especially with you mentioned p- possibly going back to school in January. So I'd love to see with that, what is it that you would like to learn? Um, I think. And also I wrote that down thoughts, put your thoughts on trial, mm-hmm. like totally need that. Um, uh, I think learn more of child development and like psychology. Mm-hmm. So just get my um, four-year BA and it will be a big event because I actually dropped out of college because of a depressive episode. Mm-hmm. So going back and finishing in the field that I want and learn more about psychology, child development, and more specifically with if it has to do with developmental disorders. So yeah. Um, ah, I love how that relates to what you're starting in and really what you've been spending your time in and going and being around people to have that service. And, you know, whether it's you participating and being the one, okay, I'm the one giving the haircuts to adults, children with developmental disabilities, but I want to learn more about this. I want to learn more about this so I can be able to show up better and serve. And I feel like that's amazing to hear you say, and even say, look, this is what I want to do. I want to learn more about this, especially with child school development in psychology, get my bachelor's degree. And then saying, look, I dropped out of school because of a depressive episode. And now I want to go back to learn this, to really be able to apply it. And I feel like that's the thing too, is not sitting there and being in that hole of, oh, I, why am I going to do this? Cause I feel like I've had so many moments like that as well with, for me dropping out of my master's program and being like, Oh, am I ever going to go back to that one day? But I feel like now I don't have that 
my husband helped me bring this up. Cause he's like, look, like you're yeah. being so hard on yourself for stopping this, but it wasn't aligned with you in this, in this moment in time. It's not like the doors closed forever. So I feel like having those people to show you that, because I feel like sometimes we can get so in our heads of, I didn't finish this or I started this and now I'm trying to do it again, those fears and hesitations. But especially when we're talking about things like this and, and really just the difference. So I guess another question too, is Mm -hmm. we cover a lot right now too, but I guess the difference from this episode and this conversation compared to our one that we did a year ago, what would you say is maybe a lesson that you've been able to learn since we recorded all the way back then Mm -hmm. until now that you didn't think you would have to learn? Oh, wow. Okay. Let's see. That would have to be, um, oh man, a lesson. I would have to say, okay. Letting people in, Mm -hmm. um, but doesn't mean I'm doing it right now. (laughs) 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 I'm trying to, but, um, like, because I clam up like a clamshell you know you know with Mm -hmm. just whatever it is because of the stigma or the depression isolation so I'm learning um that I need to let people in Mm -hmm. yeah that's the lesson oh my gosh and especially when you're talking about letting people in the differences that you notice of yourself, of knowing, just sitting there and saying, I know I do this, where I clam up. And it's because of this, because of the stigma leads to the isolation with the depression, because I feel like that's a huge thing to even be able to say that, you know, because sometimes we might know, okay, well, I don't talk about these things. That's all I know is I know I don't talk about it, but I don't really know too Mm -hmm. much of it. Why, but letting people in to be able to understand and get more awareness on how to show up for you and really what you're needing at this point in your time is I feel like for me too, because that ties in with asking for help as well. But this really kind of reminds me of this overarching theme we're talking about with support, but then also with this podcast in general, Live Well Bipolar. Really the reason I started this is because everyone's idea of what it means to live well bipolar is different. So my idea sitting here for me to have a good life and live well bipolar with my diagnosis, these are the things that are important to me. So I think I probably asked you this. I'm pretty sure I did because I always ask everyone this question. I probably asked you it last time. Mm -hmm. So for you, what is the top thing right now that you're trying to prioritize? Because I know you mentioned you're trying still with letting people in, working on that, working through that. What is the top thing that you're trying to prioritize to be able to continue crafting what that looks like for you to live well bipolar? Mm -hmm. I would say the little wins, like the little things, um, maybe diet change or like eating healthy or doing a little exercise, um, try to go to the gym as often. Uh, the time I spend with whom or doing what, just all the little things that do affect my mood as someone who lives with bipolar disorder. And yeah, try to manage them all as mm-hmm. best as I can. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I think what you emphasize on the little wins and just being able to notice what those look like and just one of them every day, no matter what it looks like for me, I could say a win. Oh, I slept in today or I let myself rest more instead of pushing myself. I need to get up super early or go, or I didn't fit in my time frame. or even I ate a healthier meal. I'm trying to work on that. I, you know, I don't feel like I'm making progress, but I'm doing better in this this point, trying to get back on track with exercise. Mm-hmm. What is that looking like? So I feel like that's a really big one. And I, I always try to do that every single day, no matter the form you do it in, whether you're journaling, saying it out loud or thinking it in your head of here's something either that I'm proud of myself for, I'm grateful for something that's coming up. I'm excited about, or just even a, a win of something that you've done within the last month that you didn't think that you could do. So, you know, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure we have some that we can think of when we come to mind, but I really love that you share that because I feel like it's sometimes we start to think of, well, if we're going to celebrate a win, it needs to be a big thing. It needs to be <laughs> a big accomplishment. And I feel like I don't yeah. have those. We're always our biggest bullies. We're so good at celebrating other people or cheering on our friends or other people of look what you're doing or look what you're working on, but why don't we do it more for ourselves? So I love that you really yeah. talk about celebrating those little wins and, and showcasing what those look like. And for you, one of those wins is your job that is coming up here and really giving yourself the opportunity to even go for something like that, to even, first of all, submit the application, go through the interview process, show up and really tell yourself that this is what I'm excited for, that this is really what I want to learn more about. And this is how I want to help people with struggles that you've experienced and really how that relates to tying that in to mm-hmm. this kind of work. So I feel like celebrating yeah. that win and also yeah. celebrating, letting yourself do the work to overcome being in this period of going through that injury and having that, mm-hmm. that ankle injury. And then saying, look, I went through this periods of depression starting in March, starting in April. I moved in July. I've, you know, shifted my life, whole lifestyle and a lot of changes happening in a short amount of time, but, but still being able to celebrate, this is what I did through this process, you know, it might not have looked the way that I envisioned, but then saying, here's the reality of it. And here's what I was able to learn. And really, whether it's a lesson that you said that you learned is letting people in and knowing that that's something I'm trying to do. So that's even a win too, is I'm starting to do that and I'm open to it. I'm not completely closed off. I don't want to never go there. And even just with your mental health, what wins have you had? So I'm so, so thankful for you. And I love literally you guys, she always makes my day. I remember you sent me, you actually made me so happy because I remember it was this week you sent me a voice note mm-hmm. and you were like, I just got done listening to one of your episodes. And then you even sent me a voice note where you were like, Hey, I went back and I, you know, re-listened to some of your podcasts and it's really helped me with what I'm going through. And that's really why I do this podcast, you guys. And that's why I have these conversations because mm-hmm. everyone's story has something so powerful in it that you can listen to and then really start to see the value in your own story through someone else's. So seeing, hearing what Jean's talking about and hearing her say, look, this year, started off, didn't go the way that I envisioned it. I had a lot of changes. I had a lot of new beginnings and different things that I felt like were things that I didn't expect, but here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm working through. And here's where I'm at today. Right. So not always showing up in, in the way that you might expect. So really just, I want you to leave with this message, just understanding the power of support 
and really recognizing those people around you who do check in on you, who are those people. And if you feel like you don't have any of those people, any of that support, any of that kind of network, then I want you to know that you, you always have this podcast. You always have this resource. I'll put Jean's information as well in the show notes for her Instagram. And then she shared her TikTok too. So I'll put all those links down in the show notes for you guys to go connect with her as well. And then if you don't already know, you can connect with me, of course, at Live Well Bipolar on Instagram. Jean, I just want to say thank you so much for showing up and just sharing again your story, where you've been at this this year compared to our last conversation. I really am so happy that you were able to talk about this because just hearing your experiences just really makes me feel hope and just always have hope for connections like this in this community. Thank you. I felt like it was an amazing therapy session right now. (laughs) Thank you, Paris. Of course. And again, thank you, you guys too. So thanks for being here and tuning in and whether you live with bipolar yourself or you have a loved one who is living with bipolar, I really hope that you found as much value enjoying this episode as I did creating it. And on that note, I'm going to say bye to you guys and bye to Jean. So bye guys. Bye. And bye Jean. Bye.